0: This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians, with your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Connan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Rob and Mike are going to be talking about Saving for university education. I guess
1: times are getting a bit tough right now, aren't they?
0: Well, you and I were doing some simple math the other day, and we were looking at, you know, many couples out there, younger couples have taken on a million-dollar mortgage or more.
1: Well, a new house is going to cost you, what, $1.6 to $2 million in, in, in a reasonable area.
0: So if you had a you know a nice down payment, you may be left with a million nine hundred thousand dollar mortgage or 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 higher. And the other thing to factor into this is that mortgage terms are anywhere from one to five years. So if you do the simple math and say it's evenly divided, about twenty percent of mortgages come due each year. Yeah,
1: and let's talk about the change, like. Uh- I know we don't want to date these podcasts, but we had another interest rate change uh, yesterday on the upward side of things. And right now, the prime lending rate is at 6.75% for mortgages. I mean, that that's the prime mortgage rate. That's a lot different. What, what do we used to have? One, people were getting mortgages under 1% at one point.
0: <laughs> well, they were certainly under 2%. Yeah. And so you've seen a 4.5% increase in those interest rates and 4.5% on a million dollars is 45,000. And remember
1: we're not the US, you can't deduct those payments, right?
0: So let's now turn that 45,000 and let's say you need to make $80,000 extra to pay that 45,000.
1: Yeah. We're not even talking about principal, it's just
0: interest. So Mike, 20% of mortgages are coming due. They may have to come up with an extra 45 Thousand dollars, what have they been doing? Where have they? Because they they got to make their mortgage payment, or you can lose your house. So what have they been doing?
1: Well, I just read an interesting statistic, which is a scary one. Credit card debt is up twenty percent or nineteen percent from where it was one year ago. Now that's a scary figure because that means, remember, as people, last thing you're gonna do is you don't want anyone foreclose your house, right? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna try to number one, unfortunately, is it, we're probably going to stop your savings, right? Yep. That's the first thing to do. And once you've stopped your savings, you're going to try to cut your spending to everything you can. And I guess number three, rather than have them foreclosed on your house, is you're going to borrow money by other, let's say, high-interest means to make, make ends meet. And that's what's been going on. People have been increasing their credit
0: card debt. So whether it's a credit card, and on those, sometimes you're paying 20 28% interest, uh, whether you're tapping into a home equity line of credit that is going to be over 7% now, um, those are expensive forms of financing.
1: And you know, one of the most expensive forms uh, is stopping your savings. It's going to have a, such a long-term effect on you. I know I, I would never say take any interest out on a credit card, but it, being committed to a monthly savings plan is probably the most important decision you'll make in your financial life. And I mean, we look at the importance of what's important. I always prioritize, we're we're talking about kids' education plans. You know, RESPs, your kids don't care that you went through a recession 10 years ago and you had some issues with your, your kids are going to need to go to school. If your kids are now, you know, five years old, you know, in 13 years, they're going to have to go to school. And it's hard to explain to your kid why they can't go to school because, you know, Mom and dad took too expensive of a mortgage a bunch of years ago and had trouble making the interest payments.
0: So, you know, I'm well through the journey now. I have three kids. Um, two of them did four-year programs. Those are finished. My last one is um, doing a you know four-year program, but it'll be over five years. It's expensive. And every child of mine was a little different, but the commitment I made to them was, I'm gonna find it, I'm gonna pay for that. And so we did RESP savings right from the get-go for each one. We also saved in an in-trust account for each one. And I believed it was extremely important to get my children educated. It was something that could never be taken away from them. And so my wife and I sacrificed in, in numerous areas so that our kids could have an education. And you know what? So far, it's worked out. The two that have graduated are off to a great start in the workforce and are really completely independent. Yeah.
1: I just got my uh, bill. My son's a master. Uh, Last year, it was $25,000 all in. And that covered, I mean, that didn't cover anything extra. That was just what goes to the school. So that was nothing beyond that. That was a uh, room and board. Uh, he was in residence. That was his tuition. And that was his meal plan. So, but again, they're going to need extra. He's in charge of his money beyond that. So, you know, he has jobs and stuff to make whatever his beer money or whatever we'll call it. But
0: And, and that's it. You know, it was up to my kids to go work in the summer from a young age, make some extra money, and that's going to help for beer money. Yeah. Let's call it that.
1: And I did RESPs from, I have two kids. I've done it from the time I could start from when they're born, always maximized. And I had about $160,000 in RESPs. And my daughter still is uh, a year and a half away from uh, university. So it will cover majority of it, but not all of it. Uh, Even if you maximize your RESPs, it's still not going to cover everything.
0: And, you know, that's for another discussion. I think the government needs to go back and look at it. Um, that that number of $2,500 a year has been the same for, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah, it was 2000
1: uh, before, then up to $2,500. But that doesn't cover the, the cost of uh, university. No, nowhere near. Yeah.
0: So I think of a few clients, one in particular, um, and him and his wife, they had um, seven grandchildren. And they made a concerted effort to basically – fund their grandchildren's education. And they accumulated at the peak probably $350,000 in the RESP account. It's pretty much drained now. All the kids are university educated. Um, and it accomplished its goal. And And I think what was important, they didn't give their kids money. They secured their grandchildren's education.
1: Yeah. I had another client that did it... Uh... Probably started that about 15 years ago. And he had a very strong pension plan. And he said to me, listen, I don't need any money. He said, my pension plan covers all my expenses. So they made, again, an asserted effort to go and make sure every year they were topping up all their grandchildren. And I think they had six or seven too. And his wife passed away about three, four years ago. And again, that was her happiest, her most, uh, I'd say, the best thing that she said she did was push that money to her grandkids' education. And I still meet with a husband, and he still says it makes him feel good every time that he knows he's taking care of all this for his grandkids. And it's not only for your grandkids. It takes the pressure off your kids. Think of, think of that pressure with everything you have going in your life. You have kids. You have to get them through school. Your job is – it's a rough time to be working at this time. Your mortgage rates have went up by three or four fold. And if someone can go to alleviate that pain of having to put money away for your kids' education, that's a big step to help your kids.
0: So strategies, you know, I think the RESP is, we still believe, is the, the best place that money can grow free of tax. You get a little 20% uh, grant from the government, which is an added benefit. And, yeah, there's a cap to it. You can only do it for 17 years, and there's a total amount that you can put in. So that's the starting point. Uh, um, if your child is already doing that and can handle the cash flow great, then go over and above and set up an intrust account for your grandchildren.
1: Yeah intrust accounts are great because they can be used for university or college or whatever it is, but they don't have to be. So if they manage to get through on their old means or their RESP cover most of the costs because they're living at home or something like that, they can use that in the future. If they had to buy a car or better than that, if they can save it up and use it for a future home purchase, it gives them a really good start in life. And what you can do too is when your kids hit 18, you can move those trust accounts, uh, portions of them, into top of their tax-free savings accounts.
0: So it was interesting. I... I, I just uh, was meeting with my 20-year-old daughter, turning 21 this summer, and we haven't talked a lot about finances and so on. And she was, uh, she was in the office. Uh, I was on the computer at home, and, and um, I just sort of said, you know, Lily, come on over. I just wanted to show you something. And this was her in-trust account. So she's saved from her summer jobs, and I had an in-trust account that started at $50 a month. And that $50 a month, every year, I'd sort of add another $5 to it. So I'd go $50 a month then I'd go 55 and then 60 and so on. I think it ended at 300 a month. But she's 20 and she has $63,000. So what that does for me is it takes some of the pressure off of when she goes to buy her first home I'm gonna help out again, but I may not have to come up with two hundred thousand because by the time she needs that money, it'll probably be well north of a hundred thousand. She'll be on her way. Also, it's
1: it's a good boost to teach people about money and how to save. You know, it a lot of people I find don't start because no one started an account. It's a big when you're twenty years old. You don't think about starting an investment account or a TFSA. It's not on your mind, right? But if your your grandparents have set something up and you have in trust account you all of a sudden are 20 years old, you have 18, 19, 20, let's say it's uh, $6,500 a year, you're going to have, what, uh, 19500 you can move over. I know the limits have just changed, but uh, in the future, you're going to have that much money, you can actually move over to those in trust accounts, and then you're an investor. You went from just a kid to an investor, and once you're an investor, hopefully you enjoy the fruits of being an investor and continue to do that throughout the rest of your life.
0: They're off to a good start at a young age. So what are we saying here today? I guess times are tough. Inflation's high, still high. It's still four, four and a half percent. Interest rates are well above that. Um, hopefully that starts to resolve itself soon, but not yet, obviously, by giving the recent move. But maybe it's time for some of those Grandparents to start helping out their kids and, and their grandkids with some educational savings plans.
1: And we can set them up here. So if you ever want, just uh, give us a call.
0: So if you have more interest in this, please reach out uh, to your advisor at the McClellan Financial Group. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management reminding you to live the life that makes you happy.
1: However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal
0: circumstances.